The first episode of The Rewatchables is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast, the easiest way to shop for the best tickets, thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network. And now, without further ado, a few good men. Did you assault Santiago with the intent of killing him? No, sir. What was your intent? To train him, sir. A Few Good Men is a masterpiece. The first true classic of the 90s. It's a drama of compelling power. This is Tom Cruise at his best. Jack Nicholson gives his finest performance. And Demi Moore has never been better. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! A Few Good Men, a Rob Reiner film. At theaters now. We're excited for this one. The rewatchables. Here's why we did it. We did it because we love movies at the ringer. We love rewatching movies. We love talking about the same movies that we just talked about six weeks ago. I'm here with Chris Ryan and Amanda Dobbins from the ringer. What's up, Bill? Hello. There's no better first episode of the rewatchables than a few good men. Amanda said before we started this, that she's only seen the first 20 minutes of the movie twice, but the rest of the movie, how many times? Like 600? Well, I mean, spiritually 600, but literally at least 50, probably closer, like 70 to 100 range. Chris, have you, can you bang out the lines before they come? Have you reached out? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have to. Yeah. Not only is it a cable rewatchable, I own it on multiple formats. I've probably owned it ever since you could own A Few Good Men and it is the go-to movie. It is the go-to movie. If it, if you want to laugh, if you want to be gripped, I still, I still see things that I didn't see the first time around. It's, it's just an incredible rewatch. So you've taken the VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to streaming journey? I have a laser disc, man. You have to flip <laughs> it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, uh, no, but like taped it off a of cable, I think, probably. I had it. I have it with, you know, I've watched it when it's on TNT. I watch it when it's on on a pay cable. It's just, it's just so great. The fact that it is actually like as good on TNT as it is on HBO is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's not that hard of an edit. They have to take out a couple inappropriate comments, uh, a couple F-bombs. Other than that, it can roll. Mm -hmm. Sorkin's first movie, which we're going to talk about from a play that he did, adapted into a real movie. And I mean, Cruz versus Nicholson, which we're going to get to. Oh, wow. I'm going to rip through all these categories. Okay. I wanted to give this some structure because there's just too many places to go and too much to do. This is exciting. Yeah. But we're going to start before we get to categories. In one minute, explain why you love this movie. So I'm a true Sorkin head. Okay. I think he's probably my favorite screenwriter of all of them, just in terms of the number of times that I have rewatched each of his things from West Wing, Social Network, uh, Few Good Men, uh, The American President, which I saw four times in theaters at the age of 11. Wow. Uh, Yeah, with my dad. I don't know. It's But that's kind of a sneaky all-time great rom-com. Yeah. But so Sorkin plus number one cruise for me of all time. Um, okay, that's stepping I, ahead on one of the subjects yeah, coming well, later, but, but know, save that. A minute that version, okay, that's in the elevator pitch. And then it, the drama is all legal. I am I like an action movie, but it's not, doesn't hold my it's attention. It's a verbal action movie. It's a verbal action movie. There we go. Okay. Chris Ryan? A lot like what Amanda's saying, verbal action movie from the almost as young, like for as long as I can remember from when I was like a little kid, I've always been fascinated 
with process and jargon and lingo and people speaking in a language that I recognize but don't totally understand and just obsessively trying to figure out what they're talking about. And the fact that you can watch A Few Good Men and have no idea really about like the I move for a Section 39 special adjacent (laughs) hearing, you understand everything that's happening. It's like it works on two or three different levels, but nobody writes jargon quite like Sorkin. And the way that he integrates the sort of language of a profession into his characters' day-to-day lives and the speed and the panache with which it's delivered in this movie is great. I mean, there's times in Sorkin's career where it's gotten a little overly, I think, weighted down. Like, you know, you could say that about the Jeff Daniels show. But this was when he was flying, man. Written on bar napkins when he was working at a bar in New York City. Just was. It has so much energy. For me, it captures two different eras, which is like the era that I grew up with as a kid where you could have a whole movie that's basically a law movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even know if you could do it. Like, what's what's this movie? Ah, it's just about a, a case. A lot of the scenes are in court. I don't even know if that gets made. But it's it feels like a modern version of that. So the stuff I love from like a movie like The Verdict, yeah. which has great courtroom scenes, it's got that, but it feels like a little hipper. It doesn't feel dated. It came out, I think- what was it? 1991? 92. 22? 25 years Yeah, that's ago right. 25 years. And it doesn't feel that dated. The clothes feel dated. Mm-hmm. We all have some issues with the clothes. You, you're Kevin Bacon's hoops tank top. I know you had a lot of issues yeah, with Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. But to have Kevin Bacon wearing a Georgetown Supreme Court tank top <laughs> while playing pickup with long tube socks was just incredible. Demi Moore's hair is pretty Demi tough Moore's for me. Demi Moore's hair a little dated. Yeah. For me, though, this comes down to Cruz versus Nicholson. Um, Cruz at the perfect point of his career. Nicholson had a really nice point in his career and it's just building to it. And then it has the actual payoff, which we're going to get to. You, uh, you, you mentioned the, the lawyer movies. This was actually around the time we were talking about these yesterday, mm-hmm. but really nice, really good run of law, law movies. Mm-hmm. Pelican brief for the firm, this the so client, many that yeah. they kind of fight that kind of like, uh, what was the one that Matt Damon was in? Oh, there are almost uh, too many. They kind of those are all the Grisham novels. Yeah, right. That wasn't the client. It was uh, not the client. It's but it was not the, the Rainmaker, one. but the, it is the, the Rainmaker. Rainmaker. It is the Rainmaker. I think. Oh yeah, because yeah. Cruz is Rain Man. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. There's so them. many yeah. that a couple fell through the cracks. Grisham was like the most none. popular writer alive back then. Yeah, I like per- Presumed Innocent was another one. Scott Turow. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Presumed. Innocent. But the problem is, we'd all seen the book. Yeah. And then when they, like this came out, I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know what the code red was. All right, we're doing different categories. First category, most rewatchable scene. Here are your choices. The ending, the lunch in Guantanamo Bay, or Cruz and Bacon with the I Have Martinson meeting for a beer. Just single single favorite, your fucking channels, this is on, the one that stops you the most. You have to ask me nicely. Lunch at the, yeah. I mean, obviously the last scene is kind of the best last scene of a movie ever. I don't want to, I, I hate being like too cute about these answers but um the lunch in guantanamo bay is pretty great that's Uh, it's that's the kind of sneaky you're surprised it won the award choice yeah i mean this is kind of like saying what's your favorite scene in the natural and like it's like (laughs) it's the home run scene yeah but you can get cute if you want i think that the my, my favorite like interaction is definitely jack and kathy getting a beer and him saying you're a lousy fucking softball player. Ending with oh, yeah. that. <laughs> the, one of the funniest parts is Cruz just orders a beer. Yeah. 
He's like, what do you have? I'll have a beer. And she just comes back with this beer that and he has makes a, label a really, on it. really big show of not pouring it in the glass. Right. He's like, get this glass out of here. Right. It's like, that's like frosted glass. That's like about, you know. I know he made a whole movie about being in a bar, but that scene is when I was like, oh, Tom Cruise has never really been in like bar interactions before. Yeah. Right. It's like that Vin Diesel and Vin Diesel would drink the fa- in the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies when he tilts the beer all the way up. It's like Cruise is like, hey, beer. Um, some incredible bru- uh, Cruise, which we're going to get to. I, I agree. The ending is the best. The ending's the most rewatchable, but I, I just, you can't sleep on the Guantanamo Bay scene. Everything is great about it. Everything. It's like, what did they talk about for an hour before they got down to business? They, uh, it's almost like, I would love to see the deleted scene of that. Like the small talk with Kendrick, who as Sean Fennessy right. said, was like, was 25 <laughs> years early for like what the alt-right was going to yes. look like in 2016. Yes. Um, but all of a sudden it, it, it heats up fast. Oh yeah. And gets great. And Kendrick's just, so Kendrick, um, who is Kiefer Sutherland, it's hard to believe that's Jack Bauer and the guy from The Vanishing. It's got, it's kind of a great Kiefer Sutherland creation. So there's a couple of cameos in this movie. Kiefer was just a little bit past that. I think yeah, he was like, he's, he's like a supporting cameo. actor, but definitely was doing a movie that he was probably too big to play that part. He slummed it. Yeah. I think Bacon slummed it a little bit. I can't bit. remember if he was doing any career rehab at that point or like what he had going on. He's coming on. off Flatliners and his wedding falling apart with yeah, Julia right. Roberts. The, yeah, The all-time greatest le- yeah. getting left at the altar story. Yeah. But so he doesn't crack a smile the whole movie and he's like frighteningly serious. And even when he shows them, they're like, hey, let's check out where the room where the supposed murder happens. And he's basically like, he died because he had no honor. And they're like, okay, great. Uh, He had no code. I do have like a a fourth, an alt for this, for most rewatchable scene, which I'm sure we'll get to in one of your other sections. So don't let me step on it. But it's when Nicholson reads Santiago's letter and he ends it and he said, who the fuck is PFC William Santiago? And then they do that whole thing where he's just like, yeah, let's get him out of here. He's going to get his ass kicked. And Nicholson's like, you're right. We should surrender right, our right. position in Cuba. He calls the guy yeah. in. It's Josh Malina too, which oh, I mean, yeah, was literally yeah. in every Another single Sorkin yeah. movie. Yeah. Which but I had forgotten. In that Guantanamo Bay lunch, it's the only time Kendrick laughs or does anything because <laughs> he tells Nicholson tells that one joke about uh, when he's basically sexually harassing Demi Moore's character, yes. Joe Galloway. Yes. And he's saying that, well, I'm going to have to keep taking yeah. cold showers because unless they elect some gal president. And you hear Kendrick in the background like, ha, ha, ha. Like, huge laugh. It's the only time he cracks By the way, anything. that gets a real cable edit, which and I have oh, watched yeah. this movie 90% on cable, I would say. So yeah. I rewatched it this week and I was wow, I did not remember that particular sex act being referenced in the, it, it was you understand why. Uh, That's Keith- a tough edit, though. It's- By the way, it's a podcast. We can talk about oh, it. Oh, we can say blow it up. Oh, yeah. He okay. basically, he was like, oh, I, now <laughs> I get it. She outranks you. He yeah. says to yeah. Cruz. And then he does the whole thing. Once you get a blowjob from a superior officer, it's the greatest thing. Whatever he says. Yeah. I think that almost has to be in the TV thing because it shows like what kind of a vicious guy he was. It's true. I think it comes across in like the tight close up of Nicholson's face, just being like, you know, right. growling and yelling about Maybe a painting officer. Maybe should have dug in a different word. Like once you've gotten a lollipop <laughs> yeah. from a superior officer. Okay. What's the age the best? Oh, this 25 is 25 years later. Here oh, are the boy. categories. The ending. The galactically stupid tirade when drunk Tom Cruise loses it on oh, yeah. Demi Moore. The mess hall cross-examination. A classic, which Kevin Bacon then in the next scene, like admiringly mm-hmm. says, great job on the on the redirect. Cruz's Nicholson impersonation. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The ending with Harold and Cruz. Ten hut! There's an officer on deck! <laughs> but why the two orders? Really, like, brainstorm that Cruz has in the cross-examination of mm-hmm. Jessup. Mm-hmm. Or, last but not least, the Kevin Bacon, Jack Ross. Holy shit, he just admitted he did the Code Red face. Yeah. What's aged the best? If it's like a bottle of wine. It's just been decanted. What's going to taste the best 25 years later? I think because later? inevitably the more subtle moments are going to age better, yeah. right? So that kind of cut, cuts out Cruz doing Nicholson, which I think anybody around our age has just been through yeah. 30. Most of our lives have been A spent Nicholson watching impressive. other people imitate Nicholson. I'm trying very hard not to do it during this podcast. So it's fun Come to on, watch dude, it. You're like it. in 92, it's yeah. new. Yeah. yeah. I would say, why the, I'm gonna say why, the two orders, why the two orders always gets me. Me too. It always gets me. Amanda? I think mess hall, just because, again, I watched it last night. and I, I It's kinda, so subtle. It's so subtle, and you know it's coming every single time, but there's still kind of the way that he grabs the notebook back from Kevin Bacon. He's just like, nah, I got this. It's peak cruise swagger. It's very cute. It's Noah Wiley, who is very important later on to a certain generation on ER. Mm, early um, Noah. Yeah, but it's kind of, it's all the cleverness of this Sorkin script and how they're problem solving it without um, being too showy or kind of straining plausibility, which we could come back to. Uh, at some point later on in the argument, if you'd like, right. I don't want to like, I love this movie, so I don't want to start punching holes. We're going to do that in a yeah. second. For me, it's, it's, it's Harold and him finding common ground at the end, mm. which I realized as I watched it when I got the chills, even though it's the 557th time I've seen it, yeah. 10 hut, there's not Harold. You don't have to have a badge to have honor. So that whole scene just gets me, just gets me. And plus we never, we literally never see Harold again. Harold just, Harold goes off to jail, but as an actor also goes off to jail. He's never seen again. Was he in anything else? So uh, I think he was in a couple of like 90s action movies. He was actually Rob Reiner's assistant, I think, before that, right? Yeah. Um, He was thrown into the movie. I have like, so my thing with the ending, the very ending, and I was giving, I think I did a very long rant at Amanda about this yesterday, is that I think that A Few Good Men is a movie that is dying for a coda. Like it's dying for some sort of like, after the movie, like what happens? Because I'm still not clear how much trouble Jessup is in. Like he'll probably not get to be the head of the NSC, but like in Crimson Tide, they have like the whole court martial case after the submarine battle. But in this movie, it's just like, you got them, but they're still dishonorably discharged, but it's, you know, like we'll we'll just keep it moving. We did it for the flag. There's, I want to know what happens to these people. There's also a little flaw where after the code red thing, then there's the other scene when the, the, the Herald and then Bacon says, I got to go arrest Kendrick. It's yes. like, didn't you do that the day he did the code red? Like, <laughs> what you wait a week for? What's going on? Um, what's age the worst? Whew. The nominees. Okay. Token black newsstand guy. Rough. Yeah. Bad. I don't know if 2017 has token black newsstand guy. No. They don't newsstand. Just shouting. But yeah, they don't <laughs> newsstand, point. so he's out. Uh, Cruz melting down during the Jessup examination. There's this 10 extra seconds where he's kind of zoning out and can't decide what the to water do. Sh- the water glass yeah, shaking. Yeah, it's getting awkward. And then well, Nicholson gets up. I don't know if you zone out for 30 straight seconds. and Like even Christopher Darden didn't do that in the OJ trial. I, I don't, I'm sorry to jump in at this point. At this, He's already in contempt at that point. Yeah, like right. they've been screaming, you're in contempt, you're in contempt. Yeah, maybe and save him with an edit yeah. a little bit. 
the Gayslers, which yeah. you know they they didn't know any better in 1991. A little rough in the in the unedited mm-hmm. TNT, not as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. JT Walsh's farewell speech. <laughs> <laughs> And the truth is this, your son is dead for one reason. I wasn't strong enough to stop it. Always, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Markinson. Yeah, always. Always. You're starting to shoot yourself in the head. It's not. Yeah. It's not always. It's done not in 10 seconds. That's true. I Tough would say the, uh, the Hold addition- on, I got one more. Oh, good. Okay. Joe Galloway. Well, this is a major conversation. Yeah. We can we can ta- okay. we're going to table that for a second, but those are the five choices. Okay, so the sixth one I would just like to throw in there. Okay, please do. Is Tom Cruise rehydrating with Yoohoo after softball practice. <laughs> that is not a Gatorade flavor that I am familiar they didn't with. Know any, again, they didn't know any better. But in I'm into 90s. it. If Paul George wants to sit down in the playoffs next year and just chug a Yoohoo, I think he could get something really <laughs> that is awful. Wait, what is the worst thing to drink after you work And out? his diet of only Yoohoo and Cocoa Puffs. And Jack Remember? Daniels. Oh, yeah. 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 There's some Tom Cruise flaws in this movie because he's watching baseball games that... They're living in D.C., so but he's, he's somehow watching, watching like a Padres game. I think he's game. watching the Braves. He's watching TBS. Padres, so that, Braves. Yeah. yeah. But then there's an Orioles game. Both times he's watching the game, like amazing things are happening, like inside the park home. Yeah, isn't it like 10-10? One of those games. 10-10, yeah. what a game. <laughs> uh, I personally think Joe Galloway is age the worst, but we're going to get to that. Yeah. So here are four things I found out deep diving on Few Good Men. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland's Jeep driving was so bad that he actually hit a couple Marines when he was driving the Jeep and they had to like do multiple scenes because he didn't know how to drive a military Jeep and he actually clipped a couple Marines. That was one thing how I found out. How long in the movie is Kiefer Sutherland it's driving one a scene Jeep? The Guantanamo it's like, it's like one 20 scene. seconds, They right? probably had to rewrite it so that Noah Wiley like drove them back yeah, or something. Which is yeah. a nice scene. Roger Ebert criticized the movie, only gave mm-hmm. it two and a half stars, said it telegraphed too much. It telegraphed the ending. I disagree, Roger Ebert. I know you're not here, but I just, mm-hmm. how dare you? Jack Nicholson did 40 to 50 takes of this the, is the You best. Can't Handle the, this the Truth is the best Code Red scene. And he did, did all the reactions. He did it again. And they're like, okay, Jack, we're good. Now we're going to cut. We're going to shoot the cover of all the other people. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do it every time. Kept doing it. And they're like, no, really. After the 20th time, we're good, Jack. You don't, We don't need you. And Jack said, I'd love to act. <laughs> That's like me. I love to podcast. It's like, Bill, you don't need to be in the rewatchables. We're good. We have so a lot. We've no, done I some, love to do podcasts. We've done some podcasts about movies before we did. Like we talked, we've talked about heat. You and I love Miami vice. It, yeah. Usually when we talk about these things, you can go online and it's like all these incredible stories about people they were going to cast. And then once they were on the movie, somebody got addicted to pills and just didn't show up for three weeks or they got into a shootout in Panama or something like that. Yeah. These are all Miami vice things, but still. Yeah. Nothing went wrong in this movie. Like no. it was like it cost thirty million. It made two hundred and thirty million. Nicholson cost a lot of money, but worked Nicholson his ass made off. Five, yeah. Best Everybody five in it is like it's the best experience I've ever had making a movie. Rob Reiner was just like, why don't you point the camera at the movie stars and make a good movie? It yeah. was like that was the amount of directing. It's just like everything that could go right on a movie went right on a movie here. Jason Alexander was supposed to be Sam Weinberg. Oh, guess what happened? Season two of Seinfeld, Seinfeld. got picked up. Plan B, Kevin You, Pollack. Lieutenant Weinberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a, you mentioned the other internet research thing. You said it. Yeah, before. just the it, Sorkin wrote it on bar napkins. We're yeah, at a bar, Cocktail I think, napkins. off of Broadway. Yeah, and that uh, then he got a he and his roommates all chipped in to buy an early Macintosh computer where he wrote the script. And the other thing was just that um, 
uh, Dawson was Reiner's assistant. You left out the best part of the Aaron Sorkin story, that Aaron Sorkin was a bartender. Yeah. Can you imagine having Aaron Sorkin as your bartender? <laughs> no. Just the, the witty dialogue he's able to come back to and as Sorkin's you order in a vodka movie. soda. Yeah, and he's the lawyer at the bar. In yeah. the, where are you on writers being and directors. I like it. The- I, I like when people show up in I their like own when movies. Oliver Stone does it. He's like the football announcer. <laughs> yeah. Scorsese used to always play the weirdest, creepiest guy and put himself in Because he is movie. a weird and creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. This one, like, Sorkin has about uh, 10 seconds too much dialogue, which, yeah. of course, it's, it's a little, fitting. It's, it's he he self-aware. He's not in focus, but, like, his the audio is yeah. very clear on him. Most belatedly unexpected cameo. Who was the one you mentioned earlier? Uh, Josh Malina. Cuba Gooding Jr. Noah Wiley. Joe Mooney. Or my my choice, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. called him by Rob Reiner. I have no idea what happened. It's like he's playing it straight, but you expect him to be Christopher Guest, and he's not. Yeah. And I just don't understand it's it. It's very weird. I feel like somebody called in sick, and Rob Reiner and Christopher Guest are best friends. He's like, "Listen, I need you. Just it's one day. It's three hours. Just come in, play it straight. You got you got to explain what acidosis is for five minutes. <laughs> it is funny though. These cameos. These people have so much baggage and roles that came later. Like you see Cuba Gooding Jr. on this on the stage, and you just expect him to turn into Rod, like Lieutenant Rod Tidwell. Yeah, and No Wiley, same thing. Like you yeah. expect him to be this really sensitive young ER doctor. Yeah, but instead he's just a sensitive, whatever. The guy from I, he's not even a that guy anymore. But the guy from Gladiator, yeah, James Marshall. He was on Twin Peaks too. Right. Yeah, but he's not even a guy. If you're under thirty, you don't even remember him. All right, we're gonna go to Apex Mountain. Let's go. I brought apex, my, my career gear. apex or career not apex for the following people. Okay. JT Walsh. Apex for me, for sure. Chris? Uh, definitely his most infamous role. I think probably his apex was, uh, yeah, I go apex for him. Do you notice how seriously Chris took that question? Yes. It was like I asked him, like, it was like I asked him, uh, <laughs> we have 15 minutes to escape. What should we do? <laughs> Um, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, I was thinking about my Sorkin rankings on the way over. I, it's not the apex. Okay. It's close. What a, what a beginning. We're on apex mountain. You can have whatever opinion you want. Yeah. He has a nice view, but it's not the top. Chris. I'd say that. The first season of West Wing and Social Network are in I agree. really, really like- I would say t- first season West Wing, yeah. Apex yeah. Mountain. I can't this believe- was more like his 63-point Michael Jordan game. Yeah, there's not a bad scene in this movie. Yeah. There's no yeah, scene where is, I'm like, get rid of this. Why this do you guy's going to have a 30-year yeah. career. You leave. Neither of you is doing Moneyball for that one? Uh, he only rewrote okay. somebody yeah, else's script right. there. Okay. I think that's why I- You don't count. I don't count it, yeah. Okay. Kevin Pollack. No. Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. I agree. Kevin Bacon. No. I can't give it to him. He's so good in this. He's so underrated in this, but he's been in so many. I mean, how can you not say River Wild is Kevin Bacon? River Wild? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like I have this theory about Kevin Bacon's haircut in this movie, which is quite bad. But I think they purposefully gave to him in order so that he would not uh, distract from Tom Cruise. It was he was on the Tom Cruise hunt corner. They had yeah, to, and so you the, have to separate. That's why they made the, Kiefer's exactly, haircut with yeah. the giant ears. Yeah. So, in the spirit of the film and those choices, I'm saying that it's not his apex. So that Foot, is Footloose Kevin Bacon's apex. I I liked him quite a bit in Mystic River. Uh, I think Footloose is probably his height of fame. Yeah. 
I disagree with both of you. I think this is Kevin Bacon's apex. <laughs> I think he's, this is not like a substantial meaty part and he's great in it. And it's a really memorable character and he's kind of over the top and there's like a, just a dash of unintentional comedy, but he's likable. And I just liked him. I don't know who else would have played that part and made it really good. Like who else from that era? It's hard to figure out a person who could have done that, like Matt Dillon or somebody who could have played that part. Yeah, Yeah, it would have been either they would have tried to compete with Cruz. He's like, I'm here to support Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a star. I'm going to be like his wingman. And Kevin Bacon was doing a lot of movies like in that way, like like, quite quite a role for him in JFK. Right. Yeah. You know, like he was taking smaller parts in bigger movies at that time. And is he, he's not, he's on the bad team, right? He's trying to prosecute these guys. He's sticking up with Jessup. So I shouldn't like him. Like he's basically saying, I don't care. Well, you have Markinson, I'm taking you down. But I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for he Kevin Bacon. He says at some point, he's like, I yeah. don't think your guys deserve to go to jail, but I don't yeah, like yeah. make that decision. That's what he, yeah. he had some morality he kinda, to him. He represents kind of the the contradictions of the system. It's unforgivable when he leaves the pickup basketball game, though. It's hilarious. Like, we're going to get to that in a second, but <laughs> it's just unforgivable. But we're going to get to that. Um, I'm going yes for that. Wolfgang Bodison, Apex Mountain, yes or no? Yeah, that's the apex yes. for Wolfgang. I wish him well. Jack Nicholson. No. 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 Late Jack Nicholson. Yes. I would say as good as it gets is his late, so you think his this, late career You apex. take this over Departed? How dare you? It's late. But you know I can't stand his Departed performance. Oh, is that right? his New York oh. accent and his playing Whitey Bulger. <laughs> you are I thought he was out of control in the Departed. I think he's Everybody the weak link of the Departed. out of control in the Departed. <laughs> he's the weak the link of the Departed. Um, last one, Apex Mountain, Tom Cruise. Yes. Yes. Not Cocktail? This. It's a few good men. It's this or the firm. Who else could have played few good men, Daniel Caffey? in the last 30 years and brought this level of unintentional comedy, good acting, um, sarcasm, bravado, yeah, all the stuff that he brings. Is there any other actor? Like could Leo DiCaprio have played this no, guy? No, not nope. at all. I think Matt Damon could have done it. Like 10 years later, Matt Damon. Yeah, I think Damon could have done it. I think that uh, it's, you know, they, it was interesting reading about or like, additional Broadway stagings that they had talked about doing or, and, they, and they're going to do a TV version of this next year, apparently. Yes. And Alec Baldwin is just, Alec Baldwin is just they out. haven't cast Kathy yet. It's a hard one. James Franco had been rumored to do it like it's a, a while back, idea. but it's just I very, very out. hard to find somebody who can be an airhead, but really smart, who could be a lawyer who also plays softball, who could be attractive, but isn't a romantic lead. Like those are, there's a lot of things that you have to do at the same time. I'm not keep putting Demi Moore on the Apex Mountain question because right. we all know this is yeah. the nadir of her career. Unintentional Comedy Award. Here are the nominees. Tom Cruise swinging a baseball bat. Actually, a softball bat. Drunk Tom Cruise. Is that unintentional? It's funny to watch him pretend to be drunk because he's clearly never had a drink in his life. Yeah, but like the here's, you know, the what do we have? He's okay. doing a game show thing. You, I feel listen, like he's trying to be funny. It. Randomly anti-Semitic Colonel Jessup. <laughs> you, Sam Weinberg, you, <laughs> Lieutenant Weinberg, just out of nowhere, like just a little anti-Semitism yeah. to turn us against Jessup more. Uh, the only time Kendrick laughs, which we mentioned before, they're yeah. this totally inappropriate blowjob joke is one time he cracks a smile. Uh, Kevin Pollock asking, why do you like them so much? And Joe Galloway saying, 
Because they stand on a wall and they say nothing's going to hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. Um, Or Kevin Bacon leaving the hoops game. Or last but not least, on Amazon right now, because I had to buy it to watch it. It said Few Good Men, and then it said starring Wolfgang Bodison, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Wolfgang Bodison at first billing at Amazon. You know what? That's I don't a, know if he paid I, off for you on Amazon. That's all he has at this point. Yeah, so this let's, is great. let's just give it to him. All right, so my choice is Kevin Bacon leaving the hoops game, which I just can't believe. What do they get? So they just have to stop the game? So while I, it's a dream deal? of life for me to walk into a pickup basketball game and shout, <laughs> they doctored the logbooks or whatever the hell right. he does to like get Jack's attention. They were given that's I love means. all those guys being like, what the hell, Jack? They're like, Jack, but not that mad. But it's 10-8. What yeah. are you doing? He has a really slick little like half turn. Yeah. As soon as he hears it, it's yeah, like basically like a ballet dancer. He's just like, hello, and I'm out. It's like the Footloose training. That's also like a, that actually a riot. really, really, really great scene in the hallway where oh, yeah. she's like, we're going to do this. And he's like, no, you're not, because he knows that he's got me out here yeah. in the courtroom. I have yeah. to like go after these guys. It's very good, Bacon. So what's your pick? Oh, because uh, they that? stand on a wall and say no one's going to hurt you tonight. I mean, how long scene. are we going to keep dancing around this? Now we're getting to it. I'm okay. going to do Tom Cruise holding a bat, but can I have a subsection for Tom Cruise shooting Nerf basketballs and saying, <laughs> where's my bat? Where's my bat? Doing That's two great. sports no, at once. Yes. At it. That's great. Yeah. So Tom Cruise <laughs> has had two basketball scenes in a movie, by my knowledge. <laughs> the other one is in Cocktail when he's playing Coglin for money yeah. and is shooting like... My son shot when he was like six years old and just winging him up there and shooting hook shots like his clearly. I think he was a wrestler. He must have been a wrestler, right, growing up? Yeah, and Tom Cruise also in, he's been in all the right moves, obviously. Played a little football in Oblivion where he weirdly describes a Super Bowl that he, I, like in yeah. the future. He had and a then, catch, catch in War in the Worlds. He had a baseball catch. Yeah, and then there's also, I feel like there's another, there's another, oh, volleyball and Top Gun. Yeah. Where he, even though he's 5'3", He's like carch crying over right. people. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a good ringer Oiled thing for us. while wearing jeans on the beach. Listen, it's iconic. Just <laughs> let's, let, let's let it go. Can I ask a question about the softball swing, though? Yeah. So it's it's the technique that you're saying is not good. Well, he's he's hitting ground balls to people, but because they just have the tight shot of Cruz, he's hitting them too fast. Like normally you hit the ball, the guy grounds, guy gets it, picks it up, throws to first. It's like a... Okay. What, eight to ten seconds? Yeah. Cruz is just like, ball, boom, ball, boom. It's like, it's like a batting machine. <laughs> the one, like, the first one where the guy to? comes by and he's like, I'm going to hang your boy by a yard arm. That yeah. one where he's just hitting grounders, I think, is like, okay. But the batting practice he has when Joe comes and talks to him, which also leads to one of my favorite screenwriting tropes. Can I just drop this in here Please right do. now? Please When uh, Kathy's like, you don't even know me. And this was a big thing in the 90s. And then a, the character in that conversation would be like, I do know you, Daniel J. Caffey, oh, they did the son of Lionel Caffey. And then just reads the LinkedIn page from memory. And the guy is like, okay, yeah, you do know me. It was always a thing in those movies where it would just be like, you think I don't know you? I know you graduated from Harvard with honors. Did yeah. this. You did this for a little while. Now you're here. Like it, I'm going like, to do that to Amanda the next time we have an <laughs> argument. Right. Okay. And he's like, you don't know me, Bill. I do know you. <laughs> You're from Georgia. That's true. All right. Uh, probably unanswerable questions. This is a big, this is a meaty part. It's okay. a meaty part of the, of the, of the pod. Bigger impact on a movie in the fewest minutes. Nicholson as Jessup or Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Oh, wow. 
I'm going to go with Jessup. <sighs> Hopkins is in jail for most of that movie. Jessup's in three scenes. He's in the scene when he reads the letter. He's at lunch in Guantanamo Bay. And he's in the ending. Courtroom scene. I think Lecter's actually in more scenes. I think Lecter's in like, Lecter has 18 minutes of screen time. So how much, how much screen time do you think? I think like 11 Jessup minutes. Jessup has in this. Like 11, maybe 12 because the end, that last scene is pretty long. It feels yeah, like a an extra monologue. I was going to say Jessup just because I think he's in the movie less. Yeah. So his, his usage rate, to borrow a basketball term, I think uh, it's got to, it's got to be the lowest for like what, like basically he goes, what is he, what are Nicholson's basketball stats in this movie? Like 12 for 13. <laughs> yeah. He had eight threes, yeah. he had 10 rebounds and nine assists in 12 minutes. Yeah. Very yeah. Iguodala game exactly six. Exactly right. <laughs> what position did Tom Cruise play in softball? Oh, Christ. Oh, um, or I should say Daniel Caffey. I think because he seems to be the player coach, he's probably a sh- he probably puts himself at shortstop. I was going to say second base. Yeah, middle infielder for sure. I think shortstop, but the other guys are grumbling about yeah. it that he's not quite good who's enough. Who's that guy? Maybe Shuby, Shuby, like Kirby, who's the guy who's like hitting balls to in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Herbie wants to be the shortstop. Yeah, right. Caffey's like, I'm short. They're like, ah, fucking Caffey. <laughs> Did Sam Weinberg mail it in? Yes. Okay, yes. Oh, I just remembered I'm very upset about this because watching it last night, um, the scene in which Downey is on the stand and no one found out that Downey wasn't there to hear the order. Uh, He's Mr. Prepare. Nobody's better at preparing a witness. Exactly. And my husband was sitting there being like, Joe Galloway screwed that one up. And I'm like, you know who was in charge of preparing witnesses? It was Sam Weinberg. So, yeah. What about you, Lieutenant Weinberg? (laughs) This is what I'm saying. That was his only job. You had one job. Two, I guess. We had two witnesses to prepare. No, no. He had one. His one job was to make sure Downey was in the room when when Kendrick gave the code red. There's also... It's a he big has hole the, in the movie. biggest. He gets dunked on the hardest in this whole movie. When after Joe storms out and Daniel destroys like the apartment, Sam just starts picking it up, and Kathy's like, "Stop he, cleaning he's like up." He's like a houseboy, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Stop cleaning up." Another yeah. questionable decision, which is meant to be motivational, but he shortly after that he gives a speech uh, talking about Kathy's dad. Yeah, and you know, if he were here today, like. I would choose you as a lawyer every time. You know what? <laughs> like, yeah. I really, I love Tom Cruise in this movie. I think that he's an exceptional litigator. And they make it sound like his dad, well, he was definitely attorney general and he like did Brown v. Board. Like, mm-hmm. Jessup, so, yeah, Jessup knew who his dad was yeah. and raved about him. I, like, I think if my life's on the line, I'm going with his dad. Yeah, I just, probably. It's, Not over Tom Cruise, the guy who just settles every case. <laughs> Tom Cruise, who also is like weirdly casual for a military court proceeding throughout yeah. this entire movie. Like his opening statement is like, that's not true. And anything you would say otherwise, <laughs> it just ain't so. Yeah. And I'm going to prove it because I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I think Sam Weinberg mailed it in. I think we all do. First half hour, he's just like, I have no responsibilities well, he, whatsoever. He's never emotionally committed to the case until Doesn't very like the late guys. In, the, yeah. in the trial. He's kind of like, eh, whatever. I think he thought the guys were bullies and he wanted them to go to jail. And He's you know, like, I'm not helping anyone. I mean, I, he serves a useful purpose in that way of kind of being in the middle of there's no, there's not a right answer to this, yeah. which I think this movie does better than a lot of Sorkin movies of um, kind of tempering the weird ideology. 
But uh, as a lawyer, he's useless. Do you remember, is it Sam or Joe who gets asked to buy three cartons of legal pads, two oh, boxes of black pens, Joe two boxes of rattles asked, it off? Joe gets asked to do that, but it's okay because he has to bring um, food. No, and also lamps. So they are both asked Death to lamps. bring office supplies. Please know that I was watching to see what they asked of the women. It's okay. Who, who's treated more like a subordinate? Sam Weinberg or Joe Galloway? Joe. Okay. Can you really make an entire flight disappear? That's my next unanswerable question. I think without the internet, it's yeah. you can because it's just like a lot of like, can you just erase so Erasing some logs? I don't know. It then never sits right with me. Did Cruz and Demi Moore's characters... Daniel Caffey and Joe Galloway end up together. No. No. Did they ever make out? No. No. They never hooked up. No. Not one drunk night. There's something in there about the idea. I think there was like, a, they Ebert wrote a thing. scene where like he asks her out on a date. At oh, the, for the, for at, the, ending. the ending. It was in the third draft of <sighs> Sorkin's script. And she goes, he goes and asks her for a make date. sure you're wearing matching socks, like to call the callback line. I think that would have been a better ending than the end when big script letters. <laughs> the end. Okay, here are the problems. Number one, they have less than zero chemistry. Right, which has not stopped a lot of Hollywood movies uh, yeah, from going down the road before. True. It's better if it's a perfect- <laughs> Who does Cruz have chemistry with? Just out of curiosity. Oh, that's a great question. Because I watched Days of Thunders recently, and it's hard to believe him and Nicole Kidman had no chemistry when they got married in real life on this after meeting on that movie. I think Eyes Wide Shut no- is probably a better like depiction of, of their particular <laughs> chemistry than the right movie. <laughs> I I think they hooked up once. I think she came to a softball game to be nice. I just Oh, back they're, to they're the characters. bar. They're Listen, characters. She definitely wants to. Oh, no, he he stepped in once. Is it? No. Daniel Caffey, straight or gay? Just throwing it out there. I would say he's too busy with work, but it doesn't seem like he is. Asexual? Yeah, no, kind of like Cruz. Point. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what 1991 on-the-rise black actor would have been better and more influential in the role of Harold? Because that was a great role. We had a lot of great actors back then but I, is it yeah, a great role? Like, he has like one cool scene and rob reiner's like my assistant can do this part it was kind of a big part he's in like 10 big scenes i remember when this movie was cast actually and i just i remember like it is interesting i mean cuba getting junior could have done that role i guess the guy had to be big though he had because dawson dawson's yeah, like Tom the leader Cruise, of the troop. i mean like, they can do all sorts of stuff with cameras like he doesn't Tom have to be Cruise looks tall for how about a majority more, of this movie. what if this is morris chestnut is it a better or worse movie I don't think it makes that. Was more, how well known was Morris Chestnut then? He wasn't. Okay. I'm saying somebody yeah. that they, so this my, is the first big role oh, of their okay, career and it leads to. All right. Forget it. What happens if Jessup never admits that he ordered the code red? What if he just never admits it? I, I know mean, he wanted I mean, to admit it. I know he did that's admit Danny's it. speech. That's Kathy's speech. But what happens if he doesn't admit it? And then, then it's just like. He's in contempt, which like, technically he is. I, I don't mean to. Kathy goes to jail, right? Yes. Yeah. He gets court martialed and he's teaching at the Rocco Colombo School for Women. And he's the, coaching softball. In the real life version of this movie, he has his little explosion and all the marshals come in and Jessup never gives his monologue. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon's like, we're not actually that tight. I'm yeah. not going to let you do this. Yeah. As soon as you yell, as soon as like the judge and all the officers are yelling, you're in contempt, you're in contempt, I think it's game over. And I don't think. Uh, I think like he like, gets ca- tasered almost at that point. I think yeah. that you can make the argument that he almost doesn't go for it until Jessup's like, tell me you have more than, uh, you know, dates him. phone records yeah. and toiletries or whatever. Yeah. Pretty good point about how uh, Santiago didn't pack. 
That's great. It's I mean, so great. It's midnight. It's going to pack something. There's to make a phone call. The idea of like when pe- you know people's like light bulb moments are so bad in movies where they like will all of a sudden see a bird flying across the landscape and be like, "That's it. Birds can't fly that way." I know now that like the murderer did this, but like that actually the way he sees his shirts in the closet is so cool. Where's my bat? Yeah. Um, was the Code Red scene the highlight of Tom Cruise's career? It's going toe to toe with Nicholson. It's won multiple Oscars. Toe to toe. This is Sean's big thing: is that Nicholson act, that Cruz beats Nicholson in the scene. And that's right, like hold that because yeah. we're going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of a better single Cruz scene. I mean, I can name them, but "You Complete Me" is not any better. There's no Top Gun scene, single scene that's better. The last barman's poet and cocktail when he stands in the bar and does the whole thing in front of the five story jail cell bar. It's up there. It's up there's there. The, I mean, I guess the risky business yeah. dance. There's iconic but, scenes. Yeah, yeah, but I but I think I think this is the you've got highlight a, of his career. You, yeah. Yeah. Did Joe Galloway set back the woman's movement by one, three, or five years? Oh good. <laughs> I wonder who you're looking at. Um well, Demi Moore might have. Okay. How about that? Okay. All right. Get into it. You guys yeah. gotta have okay, this out. No, it's it's at where it's coming, right here. It's All coming right. in the in the, the next section, which we're calling picking nits. Okay. Oh, great. Did Santiago kind of deserve to die? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> kind of, just no. a little bit. It's a tiny bit. No. He's putting lives in danger. Yeah. I mean, if we're really like, what if, what if Santiago leads to war? sounds like we're getting ready for one of your participation yeah. trophy rants. Like, you know. Like, how, how about yeah. this? I will say every time I watch this, I inch like a little bit closer to being like, hey, Nicholson has, Jessup has a point. Yeah. Like, you know, you need to, people need to follow orders. Mm-hmm. Nicholson said he's um, in the business of saving lives. This that, guy can't keep up, can't breathe, keeps falling behind, rats on his on his people and his troop breaks the chain of command yeah. breaks the chain of command like eh. I'll go that far with you I won't go to deserving to die I don't think he deserves to die I was just throwing it out there mm-hmm. picking nits was it fucking insane to put Jessup on this stand like yes it's yes. not a movie yes. just abjectly yes. this is an also, insane six moment months. six months gamble all of their careers on a fake out with the two airmen <laughs> that two Sam airmen. almost doesn't get airmen to the court on time yeah it makes no sense it's but pretty risky. Such a bluff. It's and it, a big bluff. Yeah. It's maybe the all-time law. That's run, actually law. a really good, you know, one of the reasons why this movie is so fun to watch over and over again is the same reason why, like, it's fun to watch, like, Rounders or a gambling movie is because you're, even if you know how it's going to happen, watching them bluff and watching them put together the argument is amazing. At the end, Cruz says, don't call me son. I'm a lawyer and an officer in the United States Navy, and you're under arrest, you son of a bitch. The witness is excused. He's not ever calling him son of a bitch, and that's in that. That's not <laughs> happening, right? He's not really doing that, I think right? That, no. th- that they had sort of dropped a lot of the formality, though, when he was like, I'm going to like pick out your eyes and and, and yeah, skull at F once, you. Yeah, like Nicholson is doing that flailing, <laughs> yeah. screaming, yeah. like uh, venomous shot. Yeah, okay. I think that's all right. Was Joe Galloway a terrible lawyer? Let's go. Oh, dig dig. Dig dig. Dig dig. Okay. Here we go. All right. Reasons. I, I made a list. I watched this last night because I knew that this was a thing for you. And there is a problem in the character of Joe Galloway. But it is not actually the way that Joe Galloway is written or her skills as a lawyer. Okay. So here are the reasons that Joe Galloway is a good lawyer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. Knows what a code red is. 
No one else it's true. seems Kathy to know what know. a code red Kathy is. Just putting that out. Yeah. Okay. okay. Number two, quote from her advisors, she's a hell of an investigator, which becomes in handy. True. Three, as Chris noted, memorizes extensive biographical details. Yep. Four, believes in due process, unlike Kathy, who's just like, yeah, whatever, 12 years, yada, yada. I can get him 12 years and out, out in six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five, this was an important. Please think back to our favorite scene, Lunch at Gitmo. Pisses Jack Nicholson off and gets him to admit that A, he condones Code Reds off the record, and yeah. B, that he will take any sort of bait and like get really mad and yeah. yell at you, which, if you will recall, then becomes the strategy that wins Plants the case the at the end. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So right. she's the one who uncovers that, even though the questioning that gets there is like pretty excruciating and I would never want to be a part of it. Uh, six, and Jenny trusts her. Being a lawyer is client services, guys. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Seven isn't like best friends with the prosecution. Yeah, we're not de- we're not making deals here. We're saving lives. Drain and- the swamp, man. Yeah, Come on, exactly. Yeah. This is about justice and honor. Okay. Um, eight has the idea to put Jessup on the stand, and whether or not it's crazy, it works. Uh, you get him to say it. Yeah. And number nine is not at any point found to be in contempt of court, so would not be like arrested like Kathy. In conclusion, she's a pretty good lawyer. And motivated Kathy, too. You got to add that one. Yeah, too. here's the motivated thing. Motivated him to really take it to she's the next level. She's not a litigator. Yeah. And this is a, this is a film about uh, performance and litigation. So she doesn't get any credit. And it's pretty boring, but he would not win without her. So it's not her fault. The I'll problem, throw a couple of non-law things in there yeah. in Joe's favor as well. Her jeans are back in style. Very true. So congratulations to her for being yeah. a, a trendsetter. Very true. 25 years in advance. Seems to have a great taste in bar restaurants, bar grills. I love that crab shack they go oh, to. Yeah. Seems like a really fun place to hang out, have a beer. She seems like she just loves to, to smash up some, some Baltimore blues or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I like her. I, I think her hair is is pretty. I like her hair. Pretty pretty amazing. It's unique. But I, I think, think that it's ultimately, like, weird that she does it off duty too. And there's also, you know, the first night that she comes over and she's like, "I've got like tower logs and uh, Chinese food." I say we eat first. She's wearing like a full business suit. Yeah. But like that's not what she wears to work. She wears a uniform to work. So I guess she thought that she should dress in a business suit to go. And to there's also the like there's that work. time where like when Sam has to go to Andrews when Danny goes to the office and is like calls Sam and then Joe's at, the, at their apartment. Yeah. And Joe's wearing like Malcolm X glasses. <laughs> she only wears in one scene true. of the entire it's movie. True. The fashions are really something. But I actually think that like the whole thing with Joe being this like I have to do all the work twice as hard as you. Mm-hmm. While you get to like kind of get by on like your smile and your last name and your the fact that you drink with everybody and play softball with everybody, for as much as this character is kind of there to just kind of like throw a little bit of like of a wrench in the works, I actually thought it's like a good foil for Danny, and it actually is effective. It's true. Also, in terms of you know the women's movement and care, that that is an honest representation of what it would be like to be a woman in that particular workplace or in a lot of workplaces, frankly. It's kind of, it's weirdly, even though she's wildly disrespected throughout the movie, it's one of the best Sorkin female characters, yeah. just in that Because Sorkin gets killed for his female characters. Because the movie is at least aware that she is being, I mean, the movie is hard on her, especially with, like, I strenuously object, but yes. um, that's bad. Everyone makes mistakes. She does the you're an exceptional lawyer speech to Cruz yeah. that I think she gets credit for. And frankly, I wish 
I wish people at the ringer would give me speeches like that. Every once in a while. <laughs> you're an exceptional, you're thinker. an exceptional thinker, Bill. Or like she gives, she really pumps crews up. Yeah. You should have seen yourself in that courtroom there, Chris Ryan. You were exceptional. Here's the All thing. Right, here's the a- case against her. Okay. All right. I blame her for Downey. I know you blame Sam Weinberg. I know it's his job to prepare the witnesses. She's the closest to Downey. She was the one who made friends with Aunt Ginny. And she has no idea Downey wasn't in the room. She spent like a month and a half of them. Really? You don't know that Downey wasn't in the room? But what are the other two doing? Weinberg is doing- Downey's hers. Witness prep. But he's still- Kathy's still lead counsel. They also established early on (laughs) in the movie that those guys don't seem to want to ever tell them anything that they aren't asked. So like when he first is like- What's he come back in to say, like, did so-and-so or the court correct? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, you didn't think to uh, tell me that? And he's like, you didn't ask. And that's when Cruz really freaks out. I love that scene when Cruz freaks out on him. Strenuously object is tough. It's really bad. It's bad. She's not a litigator. It's her scarlet letter in this movie. She's bad. And then she was in the scarlet letter. It's not good. (laughs) I would also throw in the um, something happens. It's just that we're going to win. That's awful. That's terrible. Come on, Joe. Yeah, I think like you've been there before. But that that is just because it's a bad performance. Can we just talk about it? It's like Demi Moore is like totally dis- miscast. So us. who would have been good in this movie? Joy Roberts. Oh. And as soon as you have that thought, you can like you can hear the rhythm Absolutely. of Julia saying every single counterpoint. Word. Oh no, you can't. Julia Roberts can't be in this movie for the same reason Kevin Bacon had to have that haircut. Uh, don't you think it would make it more exciting? Yes. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about, like, why certain then people in this movie... maybe they do sleep together. Ha- <laughs> so that's Tom great. Cruise and Julia Roberts never in a movie together. I was As you were talking about that, I was thinking about it, and I don't think so. That's kind of wild. It's kind of wild that that didn't happen. So you think it's 65% Demi Moore's fault and 35% Sorkin? That would be your, your, your pie chart? I mean... Yes, I think part of it has to be her fault. Or is part because, of the era. It's like 50% 1991's fault. Yes. Well, no, I would say I would say it's majority Demi Moore's fault. In 2017, what is that character? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so you can't just have, in 2017, if the woman is just stuck middle management paper pushing and the man gets all of the... Yeah, that's Sorry. something. Where. I mean, it's hard, right? Because as soon as you put it in such a predominantly like male setting as the military, Let you can f- you can get away with a lot, basically. Right. Let me flip um, it on you. Yeah. I think Daniel Caffey is a woman in the Few Good Men 2017 version, oh. and Joe Galloway is actually Joe Galloway with an E. That works. I'd, I'd be up for that. I'd, I'd love to see that. The person, you know, the other person who was up for this role, Demi Moore auditioned, even though she was obviously a big star. Jodie Foster. And there was one other one, right? There was one other one. I can't remember oh, the other man, person. I wrote it yeah. down and it's not in my notes. Yeah, Jodie Foster and Cruz would have been the sexual energy yeah. of all time. That wouldn't have worked in any respect. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine what it... I thought McConaughey and Jodie Foster were bad in uh, Contact. Right. That's right. usually... That's my bar. Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson's pretty rough. It's a tough As one. good as it gets. Yeah. But yeah, Cruz and Jodie Foster, wow. All right, I don't know if we solved the Joe Galloway thing, but you made me think more. You made me think about it more. I would you like planted to see some seeds in my head. I would like if they want to CGI someone else in. I, that would be exciting for how me. Do we, how can we not think of who would have been better than Demi Moore? It was really like Julia Roberts got Julie every Roberts, part back then. There were yeah. no other actresses. Linda Hamilton. I think Linda Hamilton would have been really good. 
A little older? Does it matter? They no, don't not at all. Anyway. I'm, just, I'm trying to imagine. There would have been a good bicep scene with her. She would have been Terminator <laughs> 2 shape. She would have worn a tank top with the same Weinberg at one point. Uh, greatest exchange. Three choices. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Harold, you don't need to wear a patch in your arm to have honor. Ten hut. There's an officer on deck. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Greatest exchange. I mean, how do you choose anything from the last scene? How do you choose any? I, I mean, my favorite is actually um, when he's doing Why the Two Orders. And they kind of gets him up there. And he's like, you you know, and then that's when Cruz is like, you cut these guys loose. And that's the whole, like, everybody gets up at the same time and yeah. they're shouting. And everybody is, like, shouting at the same time. They've clearly staged it in a way that, like, you can hear everyone He's like, damn it, Kathy. And he's just like, and when it went wrong, you cut these guys loose. Did you ever hear this stuff about how Cruz was really self-conscious about how high his voice was when he yelled? Did he? I didn't know that. In the 80s. And I've heard various things on this. One is that they would doctor the movies because he was so sensitive about it. You can hear in some of the early stuff, like in Risky Business, when like his Porsche is going toward the lake. He's like, ah! Like his voice is super high. Um, but by a few good men, he's like, you cut these guys loose. Like he'd obviously worked on it with some German vocal scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk shooting coach. <laughs> I think, uh, you want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth is unbelievable. I forgot how great it was. It's and watching with my daughter for the first time. It's just a great scene. You're like, holy shit, what's going on? You know, it raises it to another level. Fantastic. What's your Gr- favorite exchange? I mean, it's definitely you can't handle the truth. That's just like that exists outside of the movie. Yeah. You know, that's like memes before there were memes is you can't handle the truth. Do you think it's cool how they don't have any references to any world outside of the world they're in? Like the exception of it's like Guantanamo and he's going to go be the he's going to work for the president. Yeah. But there's no it could take place tomorrow or 50 years ago. Like there's no real reference to the outside world. No. And even DC just looks incredible in this movie. Like yeah. it's always twilight at, in, right. at the in fall. Like yeah, it's, it's early September. The leaves are out already. Yeah. yeah. DC looks great. Nobody's well, hot. Cause it's still basically a play and yeah. it's still the play structure. And then they were just like, we'll throw in some beautiful, always sunset yeah. in DC or else the leaves are falling down perfectly. Greatest quote. Here are the nominees. These are the facts of the case and they are indisputable. I like how he says that. I've always enjoyed that over the years. I'm sorry I lost your set of steak knives. Mm. Nice little twist. Was that, that a that Glengarry thing? What, what was like, were steak knives really big in the 90s? Like, what was up with that? 1992? Yeah, I think steak, the Ginzu. Yeah. Ginzu knives <laughs> are big. Uh, you don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. That's pretty good. All you did today was weaken a country, Kathy. You put people's lives in danger. Good, Jack. This is my personal favorite. I don't want to give away my pick yet, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I like all you Navy boys. Every time we got to go someplace to fight, you fellas always give us a ride. Great dig. It's very Great good. dig. It's yeah. really, really twisted in. And he's got yeah. so much contempt for Cruz. You're a lousy fucking softball player, Jack. I'm going to rip the eyes out of your head and piss down your dead skull. You fucked with the wrong Marine. <laughs> we live in a world that has walls. And those worlds have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do you? You, Lieutenant Weinberg. So mean. It's not good. And then thank you for playing. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Favorite quote. I like the galactically stupid. Can I? You can, can I add one. something else. Feel free to add one. My favorite is still you have to ask me nicely. It's really, really good. Yeah. And the, I it mean, he good. savors it. Um, 
And it's, it can be applied to any situation. I have to nail my Should we start Nicholson doing it in the office? Yeah, I, my impersonation is not good enough yet. It's a tough register for it's like tough. a woman because you it's have to be. Yeah, I can't do it I, quite I, yet. In that same scene, I have to say, uh, um, I'm a fair guy, but this fucking heat is making me absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Who won the movie? Nicholson, Cruz, Kiefer, or Bacon? Cruz. 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 That easy. I mean, think about think about how much time he spends on camera doing so much different stuff. Essentially doing it, but at physically doing nothing, but being funny, being panicked, being cool, being, you know, sad. All the like he runs the gamut of emotions for sure. What athlete performance should you compare it to? Man, I don't even know. I mean, it, it's like it's really a quarterback performance. You know, he's like cool, but then oh, he does, like, like when it when everything's on the line, he goes he for it. for a TV. Yeah. I think Cruz too. Last question: Who won the scene? Cruz versus Nicholson. Those that uh, however many minutes that was the code red scene. You said fantasy thought Cruz won the scene. Do you agree with that opinion? I think he does, and just very quickly. One of the things that they do in this movie that's so ingenious, and you mentioned how mm-hmm. it's like still a stage adaption, is how during that last interrogation, he does this really good stuff of walking around. And then there's like that point where he's like, no, because just a minute ago, you said they, your, your orders are no, always that's followed. That's not what you said. That's not what you said. Yeah. And he walks up to him and he like gets very quiet, but he like walks up to the camera. So the way they shoot it, like the physical stuff that he does in that last scene is actually subtly really, really important because Jessup's in a chair. So like he can't move. He can't broadcast anything. It's, like, it's just all Nicholson. Yeah. So in a sense, Nicholson is working from a disadvantage, but I just think it's, it's such a great performance from Cruz. What do you think, Amanda? Everything that Chris says is right. And I think Tom Cruise wins the movie in large part because of this scene. And I think it's absolutely like the best Tom Cruise performance, but Nicholson owns every inch of that frame. And there's, there's a part in the writing where, you know, Tom Cruise says, I think I'm entitled to it. And then Jessup gives this long speech about what he is or not is entitled to, which you read from. Yeah. That is just so dripping with contempt. And the, the only person who could properly deliver it is Nicholson. And it takes up the whole room. And he's also so much of that. He, I mean, he does explode at the end, but so much of it is at a lower register and he's growling. And I do honestly think that the quiet power performance is actually the most powerful of all, you know, cause you have to, you're hanging on their word as opposed to just kind of fireworks. So I agree with that. I think Nicholson wins. Go Nicholson. And here's my, here's my evidence. Tom Cruise talking about this scene and some weird website that I found where Tom Cruise gave an interview about the scene and talks about all the subtle stuff Nicholson did. He was, he was saying basically like, Nicholson, when I did, I didn't expect him to go in this direction. I thought he was going to play it much bigger, but he went super subtle and he brought everything and just did these mm-hmm. tiny little things that I was just so amazed by as an actor. I don't think Nicholson's like, man, when Cruz was doing this, I just felt like, wow, Tom really took it to the Tom Cruise was who De- Jack Nicholson thought Tom Cruise was right. when they did the movie. Yeah. But Cruz was like, oh, oh, Nicholson's doing this, 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 and this. And even the ways like he would move his eyes or really adjust his thing or like the sarcasm. I don't know. It's just classic. Nicholson, I think, I mean, 
I ride, I ride or die with Nicholson. And that's the thing too, is that it's actually a performance. Because if you think about Tom Cruise, this is sort of the the platonic ideal of a Tom Cruise performance. It's It's like, it's the Tom Cruise. He was like completely gifted, but kind of cutting corners, but eventually figures it all out. Yada, yada. The Nicholson, like this and shining, which are probably the like two second half of his career performances that he's best known for are not typical of what, he got sort of famous for like Chinatown and Fizey's pieces yeah. and these other more leading man roles. So it's kind of wild to think about like this being this, he's acting in this role. Like he's pretending to be a different dude, you know? It was also, it caught him at a cool point in his career. Cause he was kind of past his prime. He'd be, he had done terms of endearment like 1984 and then, but just had kind of <laughs> yeah, gone Batman. away a little bit, but yeah, people still loved him. They knew him from Laker games and going to sit in courtside and things like that. And he's also, and then it flipped. It's the old guy having fun. Yes. Roll a bit. And you can, I mean, he's a reprehensible person who is, or the character is, but you can tell that Nicholson is having so much fun doing yeah. it. He's tan. He's yeah. in shape. Looks good in the, uh, whatever the army crew cut thing he got. I don't know if it was a toupee or if it was real, but yeah. hair looked good. I, I think Nicholson first when I think of this movie, even though he's in it for like 12 minutes. We'll all agree to disagree. Any last thoughts? A few good men. I feel like I didn't say at any point that I also think that this is the most handsome Tom Cruise ever oh, was at any point. Oh, uh, and I just, just I, for that. It's like, I'm sort of proud of myself for not having brought that in, but you gave me the opportunity. Yeah, this is peak uh, aesthetic uh, Tom Cruise. It's funny you should mention that because yeah. this is my favorite cute Demi Moore performance. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Okay. But why is it weird? I don't, I mean, I just kind of think she's never good in it. So I just think she looks good. I liked her hair. I thought, I don't know. I like the military to me. She's like probably her most relatable character. Very often she's, she's had quietly not a, that great of a career. I think her celebrity kind of was, I would agree with that much larger than what her actual IMDb is. You go to the IMDb, it's like, Mm -hmm. ah, yeah. Yeah. You know, about last night's probably her best acting. And that's a rom com. Um, is that even a com? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think you can file it away. Yeah, it's not a traditional. I really enjoyed her in the uh, film Rough Night that came out this year. She has a cameo. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's, she's good in that. Yeah, it's maybe my favorite to be more performance. <laughs> I'm waiting for the right airplane to crack yeah, that one open. Anyway. Any last thoughts, Chris Ryan? No, I think we covered it all. If anything, this conversation has just made me appreciate Kevin Bacon's performance even more. I'm glad to know that I was, I was like, almost like, this is going to be weird if I'm like super into Kevin Bacon when we get That's here. That's why yeah. I gave it the who won the movie. I thought you would go rogue and go Bacon. No, I can't give it to him because he basically has like four scenes and is like in the, like, a, he's like essentially like a table in most of the scenes that he's yeah. in. But like the lousy fucking softball player, the basketball scene, and just the scene like at the end where he's get he's so shell shocked that that great shell shocked yeah. bacon. So I mean maybe maybe you guys are convincing me that bacon won the movie, no. but I just can't I can't get <laughs> off Cruise Island. That's it for the rewatchables Ringer Podcast Network, our newest one. I don't know what the next one we're doing is, but they will all be in the same kind of vein as this one. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Check out all other podcasts. Check out the ringer.com. Check out the brand new site, the relaunch. We have a big-ass site now. Um, Very excited about it. Thanks for listening. 